Man, I'm gonna miss miss seeing you guys, but it's gonna be good. I know that you guys are in my prayers too. And your brothers and your sisters and your neighbors too. Love begins at home. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast Love Begins at Home. Today, we are going to talk about Halloween, All Saints Day, and All Souls Day. And how um, this applies to us right now at this moment, because we are actually in the period where we have just celebrated all three of these days. And, um, you know, what does that mean for us as practicing Catholics? And uh, maybe talk about some things that uh, y'all aren't as familiar with in regards to these three days that we celebrate. But um, hopefully we can give you some good information and have a, a good dialogue. But before we get into that, of course, we're going to start with a prayer. And uh, again, no one has any hats on. We're getting better. You have glasses, though. I do. Glasses. Does that count? I'll take (laughs) them off. I think that's disrespectful. (laughs) Come on, man. But um, but yeah. uh, So we'll open with this prayer, and we'll get right into it. So, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, we thank you for this richness of the faith that we have that we've been um, given to through Jesus, through the apostles, and we just ask, Lord, that. Today we're able to um, really dive into uh, these certain days of the liturgical calendar, and we can celebrate them with open hearts and um, uh, in a way that that boasts in you. And um, we also ask, Lord, that this conversation be one that is uh, really good for all of us, that we can learn from it, that we can uh, take it with us, and maybe practice our faith a little bit more deeply um, because of what we learn and talk about. Um, But we continue to pray for all of the people that listen to this podcast, especially the youth and their families. And we ask, Lord, that it bring about much fruit and um, that we always are pointing back to you and and bringing closer people to you. And all these things we pray in your holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, so we have just finished celebrating these these days in our liturgical calendar, uh, Halloween and All Saints Day and All Souls Day. So we wanted to touch on each of these days because they're very important in regards to our Catholic faith. Um, and I think there's a lot that we can learn from um, in regards to what these days mean and, and how we should celebrate them. Um so Halloween, let's start with that one. <laughs> Probably the most known from all of the all of the people in the world actually among these three days, uh, at, at least at this time in in our history, um, Halloween is a huge secular holiday uh, nowadays. But it actually started out being um, a rather just Christian day of remembrance or, or an Eve, if you will. That's why we call it Hallow's Eve, Halloween, um, to remember the saints of our church. But now it's been turned into uh, this big ordeal where you just kind of dress up in <laughs> whatever you want to, go out on the night and have fun, and and we kind of lose the meaning of what it what it really 
is understood to be. So if we could just maybe talk about that for a little bit um, and give our listeners some information on that, that would be great. So Jorge and, and Brad, do y'all have any um, any insight on Halloween or All Hallows' Eve, as it used to be called? Uh, you know, actually, I grew up celebrating Halloween, mm-hmm. but I didn't grow up celebrating All Saints' Day or All Souls' Day. So mm-hmm. I had no idea why we would dress up in costumes and go door to door asking for candy. Mm-hmm. So that's just because that's what we did. But um, I came to understand Halloween a little bit better as an adult and how it does tie into All Saints Day and All Souls Day. And according to my wife, she was telling me uh, her understanding of the tradition, at least of the, the candy aspect of it. So um, she was telling me that, if I, I believe I'm getting this correct, that it used to be on All Hallows' Eve, the eve before remembering the saints, particularly the martyrs of the church, the uh, community would go door to door and they would bake, I believe it was uh, um, hearth cakes, and go ask everybody, who can we, what are your prayer intentions? Or do you have anybody that, uh, that has passed away that needs uh, prayers for that you believe that they're in purgatory? And so they would hand out these uh, these cakes. And uh, so I, I think that's the origin of the treat part. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the trick came, came <laughs> into it. Uh, maybe maybe there was some non-Christian households that they went to that were um, <clears throat> a little bit uh, less accepting of <laughs> their generosity. So they would, uh, I guess, pull some pranks or, or do some mm-hmm. things to them. Maybe that's how it came apart. But I, uh, I actually don't know all that much about... Halloween. I did a little bit of research last year, but that's pretty much the extent of my knowledge as far as the um, Halloween goes. Some of the origins of it, because as, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, you know, we look at all these major holidays that we have in the United States. Many of them come from a Christian background and how they've become secularized. Mm-hmm. Like we have the Easter Bunny at Easter. Don't know how we got there. <laughs> yeah, how do you get there? Yeah, then we have Santa at Christmas yeah. with Saint Nick and. And even uh, St. Valentine's Day. St. Valentine was beheaded and martyred. He was a priest. Like, he wasn't even in love, so to speak, with, (laughs) you know, a romantic uh, relationship. And then St. Patrick's Day has just become a a day to have green beer and people drink way too much alcohol. So, (laughs) like... Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, it's, it's kind of sad to see how the original intention and traditions of our faith have been taken and become so secularized that it's so far removed from that original intention that it's not even recognizable anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, And you know, Halloween now, of course, is looked at as something like, you know, you're supposed to dress up like in a really scary costume. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the the movies nowadays that, um, you know, encourage... The, the gore and the the violence and the evil yeah. that's represented and all that, you know, that you usually see a lot of those advertisements or those movies pop up now in this time of the year um, to, you know, incorporate that Halloween-esque feel or whatever it might be. So it's it's pretty radically a change, you know, that radical change of like, oh, we're supposed to be remembering the, the martyrs and the saints of our church, um, but instead we're remembering like, 
or, or thinking about spirits or yeah, it's evil. almost it's almost like it's glorifying yeah. the demonic yeah, yeah in a way and yeah. so i even last year i was thinking about it and i was thinking man should, as catholics should we even be engaging in mm-hmm. halloween is, is it okay to do as a catholic yeah uh, so yeah um and i would say I would say it's okay too. I, I don't think the church has any teaching on or ruling that says you cannot partake in any Halloween um, activities or festivities, right? Right. But I think it's important to teach our children that, you know, we we should never um, promote or give um, give praise in a way to to the demonic or to the evil, um, even if it's just by wearing a costume. Of what that represents, like. You know, it, it may just be for fun, but at the same time, you don't want to harm, you know, your yourself or your soul by what you're um, supporting or promoting. Um, or even now, you know, the costumes just, it, it, they either get more gory or they get... Um, more revealing. More revealing, <laughs> yes. right. Like modesty is thrown out the window, yes. especially for the girls that mm-hmm. want to partake in Halloween festivities. So, And that's that's kind of where know. I came to last year with all the research I did and mm-hmm. looking at different Catholic sources. And they, yeah, it all kind of came back to like there's nothing morally wrong in engaging with dressing up in costumes and going door to door asking for candy. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. But at, to your point, it's all right, now we need to be more prudent in how we go about doing that. Sure. So for my understanding... As a person who grew up in Mexico and that is not very familiar with America's uh, culture or tradition, in Mexico, Halloween is seen as a very demonic thing and the church is actually totally against it and parents are like, don't you even dare engage in any Halloween stuff because you'll Mm. get possessed. Like, literally, that's... And uh, let me tell you why. So, the things our parents uh, taught us when we were children and... Even in catechism in Mexico, whatever, is that the way Easter for Catholics is the vigil of vigils, the mm-hmm. feast of the feast. You know, mm-hmm. we celebrate resurrection. Halloween is the feast of feast for satanics, and that's when they have the more, uh, I guess, satanic sacrifices mm. or offerings. You know, that's sure. the day for them where they are like. Doing the most evil, evil can do. Uh, yeah. sacrifices and bad stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So just by the fact that you, the you know, we can be around that ambience or environment, you know, they were like our our parents were like, no, you shouldn't do that, you know, that's no good. And actually, also because Mexico is a quote very Catholic country. Not really, but it's more like a superstitious country. Uh, we're yeah, we're Catholic in essence, but also we are very immersed in superstitions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Halloween it's like no, not at all in Mexico. But then on the <laughs> other hand, and we'll talk about it later more in deep. We have the Dia de Muertos, which is the All Souls Day. You know, which when you think about the whole thing that we do as as Mexicans. It doesn't make sense, and it goes totally against our Catholic, um, our Catholic teachings, you know, or beliefs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Halloween in Mexico is just like whoa, whoa no. Okay, so Halloween in Mexico is separate from the Day of the Dead celebration. Yes, there are okay. two different things. This Halloween, of course, is it's still the same day, October thirty first, and you don't see as often people going trick or treating. 
You can see it only like on the cities that are in the border, just because they're so close to the U.S. But um, center and south of Mexico, nothing at all. You know, nothing. Uh, and it's just, you know, in fact, I used to be part of, when I was in youth ministry in Mexico back in the day. Um, we used to have events to like fight back Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. We'll have fight something. Halloween. Yeah, it was a, like on the day of Halloween, we'll have like a Catholic event. Uh, it that was called like White Night mm. and Noche Blanca, and on that White Night we'll have um, Eucharistic adoration, mm -hmm. and we'll have praise and worship, and some speakers, you know, talking about uh, what is wrong with Halloween, and you know, all of that, and Whoa. and we'll go. Sometimes we'll march in the city, especially where I'm from, because it's it's a border city that is just five minutes away from the U.S. and that kind of like American. Um, culture or merge has you know mm -hmm. been passed to our our cities we'll march across the street just like promoting uh christ and catholic and light <coughs> against the dark yeah so and and that's the way we you know in mexico in mexico halloween is like oh don't you dare but when i came to the u.s and i started working at a catholic school and knowing that oh yeah we have a halloween festival i'm like what the heck like, <laughs> what? Totally what, what are we doing? And, yeah. and for the first two years, you know, I, I had a hard time trying to understand, like, you know, from coming from this environment mm -hmm. of Mexicans, like, no, this is bad, really bad. You shouldn't do that, whatever. And then going like, hey, yeah, we have a Halloween festival and we have whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm not getting. Now I kind of understand a little bit, you know, um, like a middle ground for, for these two uh, positions. Yeah, like in the states, it's more. It's, I would I would say the majority of people, the vast majority of people, are not looking at it as a satanic holiday. A lot of them are just looking at uh, it as an opportunity to dress up and do something spontaneous, and then maybe be a, debaucherous is probably the worst <laughs> worst thing. But nothing yeah. like satanic, I would yeah. think. They will say, you know, our parents will scare us. Whenever we were little, saying that if you go trick or treating, you might find a candy that has uh, razor blades inside. Yes, or like or uh, screws or nails Ooh. inside, and you're gonna die. Oh, that's what our parents. Oh my at least that's what I heard. That's from, what your parents told you. Yeah, I've like, actually you, heard that before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 No, actually, because uh, our um, our repair secretary, she was telling me that too. <laughs> Yeah, because she's, she, she's from Mexico. Oh, there you go. Okay. See, yeah, it's it's a very common yeah. thing to scare. People in Mexico, like, no, people die for this. Yeah. Well, I, I think the interesting thing is that the culture immerses itself in this moment of, like, okay, we are kind of, we're celebrating death, in a sense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you try to make it a fun thing rather than... Very gloomy. Gloomy, sad. like, you know, because death is coming for all of us. Mm -hmm. um, and it's something kind of scary because we well, all are going to face it on our own and we don't, you know, the unknown is always scary. So to have... A holiday where you're kind of just having fun and making it a lighter kind of feel. I guess I can understand why people like to yes, yeah, and uh, I, I think celebrate that, it that way. I think that goes back to taking the original intention and kind of going the other way with it. Because mm -hmm. even as Catholics, we have uh, you remember the Italian Jorge? I don't, but it's uh, remember your death. Memento mori. Yeah, memento mori. <laughs> I should know that. Um, but memento mori. And it's Latin, not Italian. Uh, that's what I meant. Latin. Yeah. <laughs> Sign. Whatever. <laughs> so the, you know, even as Catholics, we are to remember that even at Ash Wednesday, 
um, you know, remember that you're dust and the dust you are tearing. So yep. thinking that, yes, we're not immortal in this life, that we will all die and we need to be on watch. As Christ says so many times, like all of Matthew 25 is about the second coming of Christ and be like, mm-hmm. hey, you need to be ready for this. Yep. And even in uh, Thessalonians, St. Paul talks about, you know, the the day coming like a thief and like, you're not unaware, brothers and sisters, you, you're not in the dark anymore. You walk in the light. Like you need to be aware. You need to understand that this day, you whether it's your death or the second coming of Christ, like it, it can happen at any moment. So you need to prepare for that. Yeah. But our culture has kind of taken it as like, oh, okay, great. Like I'm going to die. So if I'm going to die, I might as well have fun now because there's no <laughs> consequences later. Yeah. But that's erroneous. Yeah. Well, and and so us talking about this, this can if, if this is something you've heard before, you know maybe it's something that you can talk about with your family. Um, since we've already celebrated Halloween this time around, maybe for next year you can think about, well, how can we celebrate it in a way that is going to maybe evangelize to people? Like if it's really the eve of the saints, you know, instead of dressing up in a scary costume or maybe like a hero of yours. I mean, we have tons of heroes in the Catholic church, right? All mm-hmm. there, there are saints, right? So maybe dressing up as a saint and going trick or treating and people are like, who are you? I'm actually St. Damien, you know, whatever. It is. Yeah. St. Damien. Yeah. Like, is he the one who's beheaded and walked with his head <laughs> oh, like 10 miles? Uh, it was either yeah. St. Damien or St. Dennis, one yeah. of those, but yeah, yeah. like you can do that. Damien. Or like yeah. St. Lucy with the eyeballs on a platter. Yeah. yeah. St. Damien you was, uh, <laughs> St. Damien and Molokai. Uh-huh. He was the one. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. No, it was St. Dennis. St. Dennis was beheaded Saint and Dennis. then picked up his head and walked 10 miles evangelizing. Wow. He was holding his head. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, so you can dress so, up like that. So pretty scary stuff, <laughs> you know. But, but yeah, we're evangelizing to people maybe who don't uh, understand or don't know about the true meaning of All Hallows Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a great transition into All Saints Day um, because that is... A glorious day in the liturgical calendar, and it's a it's like one of the greatest feast days we have. It's a holy, it's day, a holy of, day of obligation, meaning you need to get you're to obliged mass. to go to mass that day. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about the saints because there you know there are examples of how we should try to live our lives here on the earth um, by living out the gospel and um, you know bringing anyone else that we know to come to that truth. Yeah. Um, so the saints of our of our church are people who have walked this earth before us, who have been totally devoted to Christ, and most of them um, have been martyred for their faith, have mm-hmm. died because of what they stand for, what they believe in, their love for God. Um, and so we celebrate these people the day after Halloween, which is All Saints Day. Um, so yeah, let's just talk about that for a little bit and why maybe it's just so important in our faith to take a moment to remember these these saints and um, what they've done for the church. So, do y'all have any favorite saints that y'all like to talk about? Or do I have favorite? Do saints? I? <laughs> have I mean, you, you heard? Like, maybe look at a little background on them. Having you heard? Having you heard the last episodes when I always mention Saint Ignatius of Loyola? Okay, I, I'm tired of hearing about Saint Ignatius. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear about okay. someone else. <laughs> Saint Therese of Lisieux. Okay. Uh, a little flower, they which we just well, yes. Last night in confirmation class, she was our hero of the week. Oh, nice. So we just talked about her last she's, oh, she's precious, man. Um, doctor of the church. Do- doctor, yeah. Of yeah. Church. doctor of church. Uh, Patrons and of uh, vocations, mm-hmm. missionaries too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess it's, it's a great day um, because 
is the way to celebrate kind of quote our sponsors in heaven mm. you know our 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 friends in heaven that take care of us spiritually that lead us to Jesus and um i i think it's 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 a it's a great holiday um not not everyone knows that it's a holiday and not everyone knows that it's a it's a holiday of obligation that they have to go which i have to mention that here in the U in the US and I probably not only here but mostly here mm -hmm. it there's a difference so universally it's a holiday of obligation for most of the countries but in every country there's something called the conference of bishops mm -hmm. and they get to decide which feasts are like holidays of obligation according mm -hmm. to the country for example St. Patrick's Day is not a holiday of obligation here but it is in Ireland in, in Ireland St. Joseph's Day is not here but it is in Mexico uh, March. but isn't it for us because of the diocese St. Patrick. Patrick's St. Patrick it is here yes. right anyways so when, when last last year uh, all saints fall on Monday mm -hmm. and technically it was not a holiday of obligation because according to the USCCB Uh, when whenever a feast on a falls on a Saturday or Monday, it gets kind of like canceled. You know, <laughs> it gets it gets looped in with the Sunday. Yeah, because it's like Saturday. You're already celebrating the vigil mass mm -hmm. for Sunday, and then I don't understand Monday. I guess it's just, I guess they were, I just went to mass. I don't want to go twice. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> If that's the reason, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. That that was the reason that I could find. I'm I'm with you, Jorge. I'm like, yeah. well, what we're telling well, that's the reason behind. Yeah. And I, I guess like, but I try to think about it from maybe. You know, to maybe the furthest, furthest extreme of, you know, a single mother that's got a bunch of kids who it's a fight to get her kids to mass mm -hmm. on a Sunday regardless. And then to turn around and do it the next day for someone like that, I can mm -hmm. see how not making a holiday of obligation But would be. Either, a, it, either it's Saturday or Monday, if it's holiday or not obligation, you should go. That's it, you know. And this for uh, this falls for many of the feasts or holidays. Uh, if they fall on Saturday or Monday here in the U.S., you you should still go. You know, it's it's part of you know who we are and what do we celebrate. And it's and it's something that I mean, we're the only ones that have this the communion of saints. You know, Protestants they don't believe in the saints. Uh, in other religions, they they don't care about the saints, but we do. So. Yeah, be yeah, proud the, of that. The modern saints in the past century or so have been really amazing saints. And some that even haven't been what you would consider uh, extraordinary, like St. Therese of Lisieux. She was in, what, the 1830s? And her whole uh, vocation was to become holy, doing very small things with great love. Mm -hmm. And she lived a very, very, very ordinary life. Um, and even uh, one of my saints that I've really started to like and uh, get to know better is Saint Jose Maria Escriva. Balaguer. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he just uh, he started a workforce called Opus Dei, the work of God, and it was mm -hmm. kind of the same thing. Just do very modern, everyday tasks for God, and the even, so it was. His writing is is incredible, though. Every time I read something, it just cuts me. It's like, oh, I, I need to hear that. Because <laughs> St. Jose Maria is one of those saints that you could tell he was one of the guys that never 
told you what you wanted to hear. He was always one of those guys that told you what you needed to hear. It's kind of like this Panier Fulton Sheen. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, like the uh, Spanish Fulton Sheen. No, for real. There, he has a quote that has, he says that, you said that the mass is long. Okay, that means because your love is sh short. Right. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm like, oh, wow. oh I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm saw, sorry, I complain. I saw a, a take on that with um, uh, Dwight from The Office. It says, the mass is boring. False. Your soul is boring. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, he's a good one. He's a yeah. good, good, very mm. good saint. Um, ben, what is one of your favorite, I guess, modern saints, if we were talking about modern saints? A modern saint. Well, I mean, the most modern that I've known about is uh, St. Carlo. Blessed. Oh, he's not a saint yet. No, no, yeah, he's a blessed. He's not a saint. Okay, then let's not talk about him. Oh, but he's so cool. No, really. He's yeah. still blessed. He's, he's a blessed. It counts. If you were yeah. to take him as a patron saint for confirmation, he still counts because he's a blessed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah I'm just saying Definitely he's not a saint. He's a blessed. the way to sainthood. Yep. Um, Carlos Acutis. Acutis. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I had, I had a, a teen that mm -hmm. accidentally uh, called him Carlos Acuti. <laughs> so I, I tease her every time. <laughs> we have John Paul II. We yes. have Padre Pio. Padre Pio. Oh man. We have again uh, Saint Teresa of Lisieux. Dude, all, all the San all the Jose saints Maria. that came from you know World War II out of that. Actually, Saint Colby, um, yeah. Mother yeah. Teresa of Calcutta. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have Saint, Edith Saint Faustina. Saint Faustina. Saint Faustina. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's the, right. I mean, the, all of those saints are just saints within the the twentieth century. Yeah. yeah. Saint Alberto Hurtado. Have you heard of him? Mm -hmm. He's a great... Uh, blessed uh, Pierre Giorgio Frassati. Mm -hmm. Giorgio Frassati, mm -hmm. Blessed Carlo, Blessed Solanas Casey. Oh, mm -hmm. He's great. He's mm -hmm. from uh, Michigan, I, I believe. Um, oh, oh, Hispanic one, uh, San Jose, San Jose Sanchez del Rio. Mm -hmm. He was a little kid, uh, 14 years old, that died... In the Christ shouting Viva Cristo Rey. Yeah, he was. I There's think a firing I, squad, right? That's they got him. A the fi what firing squad? They just lined up, lined up and shot at him. Uh, they peeled the. the that's another. That's um, oh, that's a different one. Is that Miguel Pro? Yes. Okay. Yes. Miguel Pro. Yes. No, for for San Jose Sanchez del Rio, they peeled the how do you call the skin off oh, their, of his feet, the, the soles of his feet. Yeah. Him, they made him walk to his tomb. Yeah, and and the only thing that he had to say is that. He didn't believe in the Catholic Church or deny, uh, yeah, to, like, apostasy, to deny his like faith. apostasy, mm -hmm. apostasy on, mm -hmm. on Christ and Our Lady. And he was like, Viva Cristo Rey, <laughs> Viva la Virgen de Guadalupe. And there you go. He was killed. But he, they, oh, we, okay, did you, well, not did you, but uh, we, we talk about this because that's the quote I said that he hasn't, it's never been so easier to go to heaven than mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, because he was like, oh, man, I'm going to go to heaven right now just by being a martyr. So he's great, a great example for for kids. Uh, kids, if your parents led you, <laughs> watch the movie For for Greater Glory or Cristiada. Um, really good. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I've there's so many saints to choose from. I mean, but I think one saint that I've grown to really um, admire over the years is St. Thomas More. Mm. Um, nice. He was the King of England's pretty much like council right-hand man. They were really good friends. King Henry VIII, yes, right? Yeah. Yes. And um, if oh. you don't know much about King Henry, I mean, you, you, 
You probably <clears throat> maybe have heard some stuff in history about him. Yeah, he's credited with the <laughs> Anglican Church, yes. I believe, because basically the difference originally was Anglicans could get divorced because that's all King Henry. Yes, wanted. wanted. That's all he wanted. And yeah. the Pope told King Henry that no, he couldn't do that. Yeah. Um, but he went against the Pope's uh, command or his advice, and he pretty much forced the country, like, if you're not with me, you're against me, and mm-hmm. you're going to be exiled, or you're going to be put in jail, or even Headed, put, put to yeah, death. Yeah. And that's what happened with Thomas More. He um, he stood up for the Catholic faith. He he and Again, he and King Henry were pretty close. They were good friends, but he knew it wasn't right, and he... He stood up to the king of England. Called him out. and Yeah, called him out, and he died for his faith. Um, and so that's a really, um, really incredible witness to us as Catholics. And there's been some really great movies about it, too. I think A Man for, a All, Man for Seasons All Seasons yes. is a great depiction of that story. And I, I haven't seen that movie in particular, but I've seen other, um, other shows that depict St. Thomas More. And so I would like to sit down and watch that movie one day. Um, you know, that's pretty good. I think what's great about All Souls, <clears throat> All Saints Day, is that we do get to celebrate just the, their victory, that they get to share in the victory of Christ. Mm. And the hope that we have seeing so many others that have done this. And the author of Hebrews talks about this in chapter 12 at the beginning. He says, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. I was literally about to tell you that, like, Bible uh, writer, what is that quote for? Yeah. And then you just said it. Yes. It's, it was and, in my mind. And so what uh, kind of the context of that is for several chapters before that, I think it's the three or four chapters before that, the author of Hebrews is going through all of the Old Testament heroes and mm. explaining why they are justified in their faith and, and how they have obtained righteousness through their faith, starting with, uh, I believe, Abraham and going to Moses and, you know, um, all, all of those. And so he kind of like leads it into that great cloud of witnesses. So even though many of the uh, saints of the church had not yet come about, that's, that quote still holds true for us today because that cloud is just getting bigger and bigger. All those witnesses are coming more and more and more because of their devotion to Christ and the faith. And, and as we mentioned, several of them gave the ultimate uh, sacrifice, mm-hmm. their life, for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of Christ. And we, we celebrate their victory because it is the victory that Christ won for us on the cross. And it's actually really cool because now, you know, now that I kind of contemplate us speaking about saints, it's just like whenever we were little and we were like, Speaking about our heroes mm-hmm. or Marvel, you know, comics or whatever. Hey, have you heard of these Batman, Spider-Man? Do you know about these, this fact about, I don't know, Aquaman or whatever? You know, it, I think at this point as Catholics, we have a lot of richness in the saints and their stories and their tradition and all of that. That we can spend like a whole day just speaking about the stories of the saints. Uh, I... You know, one of the things that I think is one of my weaknesses is that I can just go forever and ever. Hey, have you heard the story about this saint? No. And I just, you know, I just feel like this um, excitement in me that is like, okay, well, sit down. And I'm just starting like, 
like uh, telling a story, you know. But that's that's how the faith is spread. That's mm-hmm. how it's always exactly. spread. We, as human beings, we love a good story. And people get inspired by, oh, really? So did he walk barefoot? Wow. <laughs> did he used to levitate? Oh, my gosh. Or, you know, all of these things. And then, yeah, and how you heard the story about this other one. No, tell me more about mm-hmm. it. You know, it, it's just like, like good stories that stick with you and that somehow inspire you. And I, I think the end of, I mean, not the end or the goal for this, but... One of the good reasons to spread and celebrate the lives of the saints is to let you know that you can be one of them too. And by being a saint doesn't mean that you have to be uh, canonized, like, you know, Saint Brad Horn, patron saint of Bible. Although that does have a nice ring to it. Yeah. <laughs> but you just, you know, <laughs> just, looking just by living up. your life yeah. and, 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 no. and, you know, being, doing what you have Doctor. to do, uh, just by being in heaven, that, that makes you sane right there. You know, even if it's not canonized or mm-hmm. whatever, you are sane already, you know? So uh, I guess the, one of the, the purpose of these stories is to inspire you. Hey, you can be one of them. All these people, they were real. They're, you know, they were not born that way right yeah it's not like uh you know in in england for example you have these uh stories about uh, the knights king arthur the knights of the round table and a Mm -hmm. lot of people a lot of historians will say well that he king arthur wasn't a historical figure he was a he was a archetypal figure that was going to represent the virtuous man in that time and so now you have this character and you know sir lancelot and all these other you know knights around this round table and they were stories meant to be told to portray maybe a theme or a moral, but they, they're fictional. They didn't happen. Even though the truth that they are depicting is in fact true, mm-hmm. the story itself was not real, but the story of the saints are real. They, they, they were people that walked this earth and the things that they did you know, were miraculous, mm. even if they were very ordinary. Yep. And, and, and same with the heroes, you know, Marvel heroes, DC heroes the uh most of them the common factor is that they were they ordinary were, people n- no 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 backwards yeah. they they had like uh a superpower they were born that way you know well uh, for most of the heroes of for most most dc heroes it's they were born <laughs> into marvel it. heroes marvel are the ones that actually like spider-man accidentally yeah, yeah. His powers. What I'm tr- that's what i'm yeah. trying to say that all of them were like Something that doesn't happen to you, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were probably like Thor, he's a god, or whatever, sure. uh, Spider Man, or all these people, you know, uh, Captain America, and whatever, you know. But the difference with the saints is that they were humans, they were just just like me, just like, like you, like Bruce Wayne, you know, nothing. Oh my Bruce gosh. Wayne. Bruce, well, that's, he was, that's he was millionaire. Say. And we, we are not well, millionaires. Really that's true. <laughs> you uh, can be Bruce Saint Wayne. Francis was pretty rich. He, he denounced it all. Away. The difference between St. <laughs> Francis and Bruce Wayne is St. Francis denounced his wealth. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah, why we don't have St. Batman. Yeah, St. Batman. <laughs> well, it's, it's really cool that we're talking about this community of persons, right? Because um, there... We we have this beautiful thing in the Catholic Church called the um, communion of saints, right? And it was mentioned just a minute ago, but uh, and it, it includes the whole family of the church here on earth, those in heaven, 
and also those souls that are suffering in purgatory. And we call those each... Le- I don't want to call them a level, but... Yeah, they're... Group of people. Layers of the church. Layers of the church, yeah. yeah. So the church militant would be us, all of us here on earth, fighting the good fight, right? And we continue to fight by prayer, right? We pray for each other. Um, we pray to God. We ask intercessory prayers from the saints, right? We pray for those in purgatory that are suffering. Um, now, the church triumphant would be all of the people we're talking about right now, the saints, the saints in heaven, those those people, even those that aren't canonized, but all those souls in heaven, right, we know as the church triumphant. And then the church penitent or the church suffering would be those souls that are in purgatory. Purifying. Uh, yeah, being purified, awaiting their um, their day to come when they are able to be fully in um, in in the presence of Christ or, uh, in heaven. So... You know, we have all these things, all these layers that we're a part of, and um, it's just really cool because, like, if you think about it, it's like, you know, we're here on the earth uh, praying for each other or asking for intercessory prayers. The saints are taking our prayers to to God and, and interceding for us. Yeah, in the right? book of Revelations, it's depicted as the, the bowls of the incense, which says are the prayers yes. of the saints. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then we're not just praying for each other, but then we're also in turn praying for those souls that uh, that need prayers, right? That it's like a cycle. Yeah, yeah. it's like saints a, pray for us. We pray for <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. purgatory people, yeah, uh-huh. and right. I guess they don't pray for anyone. Well, they they can pray. They can't pray for themselves, <laughs> right. is what our tradition says. So a soul in purgatory cannot pray for their own salvation, oh, they which is why they need our prayers. prayers right? Yeah, but they can pray for those still on earth. Oh, so they so can we pray have for double us. prayers. Mm-hmm. That's, that's great, man. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, there's another word for the church militant that is often used in the church or in mass is, I guess, the church, the pilgrims or the pilgrim. Yeah, the, the pilgrim church. The pilgrim church. That's mm-hmm. a beautiful term that I, I like uh, better um, because whenever you think about it, we are, we'll, we are temporarily here. We're just pilgrim men. We're walking towards that part, you know, and so... Yeah, it's 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 a process, you know. We're on the way. That journey, yeah. That journey, yeah, yeah. I think what's beautiful about it too is even the mass is the place where all of these layers, oh yeah, end up just kind of meshing into one, right? Like the mass literally lifts us up to heaven, Mm. and we get to celebrate uh, every mass with the saints and the the faithful departed, whether they're the saints or the church penitent that are being purified and and purgatory. We just get to celebrate the sacrifice of Christ in the mass all together. And that's what makes our mass so beautiful and so amazing is it is the mass that's depicted in the book of revelation that, that John is seeing Mm. that we're all, you know, every knee shall bend, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And it's all of the, all the faithful together, no matter where they, they are here still on earth or in purgatory or in heaven, they're just together worshiping the lamb. That's a great point, Brad. So coming out of All Saints Day, then the next day is All Souls Day. All Souls Day. Which, you know, I think sometimes maybe we can kind of for... Kind of just let that day get, it's kind get of, away from Yeah, it's almost like the day that gets the short end of the yeah, stick. Yeah, you know, and we we really ought to put more intentionality in that day because these are the people maybe that have passed away in your life that, you know, we're not, we're not guaranteed heaven. Just because we die doesn't mean we're going right to heaven. Yeah. Right? And I think 
you know, sometimes when we, we might go to a funeral and maybe the priest or whoever's giving the homily portrays in a way like, well, they're with the Lord now. You know, we hope they are in right. that moment with the Lord, but, you know, we are on our own journey and, you know, God's going to judge us according to what we've done in our life. And so it's so important that we take time every day to pray for these people, these souls that um, maybe need our prayers so that they can be in heaven eventually. Yeah. Um, coming coming from a different background again, mm-hmm. uh, in Mexico, the most celebrated feast is actually this one, also say. Well, this is the oh, day yes, of the dead, right? This is the day of the, <laughs> yeah. the, day of the dead, the Dia de Muertos. Mm-hmm. So all saints, if you go to Mass, probably half of the church is going to be there. But whenever you go to Dia de Muertos Mass, it's packed, like so is, it, is that a holy day of obligation in Mexico? No, it is not. Okay. No. It's like Ash Wednesday. Yeah, Ash it's, Wednesday. Everybody it's, thinks it's one, but it's really not. Yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's not, uh, but it's it's a big part of tradition in Mexico, which now it's kind of like our Halloween, in like per se, in the way that it's a it's a feast that has been, I guess, uh, changed or you know, now in Mexico we have this whole tradition of Dia de Muertos where we build an altar. For the souls, and according to the Mexican traditions, the souls get to come to Earth and eat all the goodies that we <laughs> put in the altar. And each altar has like different layers. We have one, two, three layers, and we have a a picture at a top of it. And we have we put like their favorite food, their favorite drinks, the hobbies they they used to like, whatever. And we celebrate like uh, all souls. Um, los Muertos, we celebrate them that day. And, and so I it's guess it's like another funeral mass in a way. Kind of. Yeah. But, but in Mexico there, I guess it has been transformed into this superstitious thing, mm-hmm. right? That uh, people think that the souls actually come to the altars. So some of them, you know, and we if even put flowers that is called Flor de Sempasuchil. It's a yellow flower that we put. We put some, um, I don't know what it's called. It's a, like a like a white powder um, on, the, on the on the floor uh, because that's the way uh, the soul walks to the altar. It's like a whole thing, man. Like whenever you go, you like try to understand every every sign and every I guess symbol of these altars. There's a little bit of witchcraft <laughs> in some of that. I know, like, you know, well, not a witchcraft, but I guess... Superstition. Uh, superstition and also combined with our um, Aztec and uh, Mayan or Mayan uh, background cultures, influence. Yeah. So it's a whole mix of everything. Mm. You know, uh, you know, nature things and, th- you know, all of that. Pachamama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not Pachamama. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, it's... Chupa, chupacabra. <laughs> chupacabra. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so it's it's a whole thing. So no one pays attention to Halloween. No one pays attention to Old Saints Day. But what about All Souls? Oh, it's a it's a mm. huge thing, and 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 yeah, that's the most I guess the most celebrated from those three technic- technically uh, holidays. That's the one that is most celebrated in in, in Mexico. And proof of that that's the movie Coco that you know a lot of people like, <laughs> Coco. Uh, which you know. Some people think that Coco is like a very legit catechetical movie that teach you what is heaven or whatever. And it's no. So I haven't you, seen Coco. Yeah. If you watch Coco, 
mm, just watch it for fun or whatever. It's a good movie. It is a good movie that respects wait, and wait, honors wait. Mexican traditions. <laughs> You're saying I shouldn't take my theological knowledge from an animated Pixar film? <laughs> oh, I, yeah. Sorry. You're <laughs> not allowed to. <laughs> I gotta rethink my whole theology now. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's not the way heaven works, just so you know. If you think Coco is that legit depiction of heaven, it is not. <laughs> Interesting. Well, even the, the, the practice, though, of praying for the dead. You know, as Catholics, that's something that we, we do that our Protestant brothers and sisters don't and, and don't agree with. It's a work of mercy. Yes, it is a yeah, spiritual, spiritual work, work, work of mercy, mercy to pray for the mercy. living and the dead. Yes. Yeah. And this actually comes from a deuterocanonical book in our Bible, the second the book of Maccabees, Maccabees, where there's a, a battle that's going on. And if you don't know anything about the book of Maccabees, this is right after they return from Babylon a couple hundred years, I think. So they've, re, they've rebuilt the temple and the Israelites are finally, they finally get it. They finally understand what it means to worship in the proper meaning of sacrifice. And so here comes uh, King Anaxerxes, I think, or, or uh, no, the Greek. So one of the Greek guys comes in and sacrifices a pig on the altar. And so they're kind of taking over the region as part of this Hellenistic Greek uh, invasion. And there's an uprising from uh, Matthias Maccabeus, who son Judas ends up taking over the revolt. But they are fighting with the Greeks, and so they kind of take all of the the Jews, uh, the Maccabeans do, with them. But then there are also some Jews who end up fighting with the Greeks. So there's a battle that happens, and after the battle, the Judas Maccabeus and his army go to collect their dead. And as Mm -hmm. they're uh, checking to see which ones are their comrades and then which ones are the enemies they actually discover an amulet on the soldiers fighting for the greek side and well this amulet signifies that they were in fact jewish and they tear their garments in remorse Mm. and mourning and they begin to pray for their comrades that had fallen in battle but that were fighting for the other side like a civil war yes kind of like a civil war thing so these are the jews that um were just I guess you could say that their faith was weaker. They were just kind of brought in like, look, we don't want to, we don't want to die. Sure. We'll join your army type of thing. Mm -hmm. So the, the Maccabeans pray for the Jews that had gone against the covenant and were fighting for the Greeks. And so this practice of praying for the dead does come from that, that book. Mm. And um, even it's referenced a few times uh, within the epistles in the New Testament, uh, the, the language is alluded to that we, we still do pray for the, the dead. And even St. Paul makes references to those who have fallen asleep, that they're not, you know, still pray for them. Even though they've fallen asleep, that doesn't mean that they're lost. Uh, particularly in uh, the, the Thessalonian church, they have a big concern that those people who died won't get to receive the benefits of Christ's second coming. Because a lot of the people in the early church and St. Paul, and I think St. Peter included, there's language to suggest that for a time, they really did believe that Christ would come back in their lifetime. And so the church 
uh, in Thessalonica is very concerned that their family members that have accepted the faith, but they died, that they will actually won't be able to partake in the resurrection. And so St. Paul writes those two letters to the Thessalonians saying, no, 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 it's, it's fine. They will partake just because they've fallen asleep doesn't mean that all hope is lost, but continue to pray for, for them, but keep watch. As we mentioned earlier in the podcast, keep watch for this day because you don't know when it will be coming. Hmm. I, I just remember that another work of mercy for the dead is the corporal work of mercy. To bury the dead. Bury, bury the, the dead. dead. So we have on both sides, you know, we, we have a lot of emphasis for the dead. And I'll ask a dumb question just for the purpose of you can, so you can answer that. But <laughs> how can we communicate with the dead people? Well, seances are not good. Not the way you want to go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do those things. Yeah. I mean, really just uh, prayer. You prayer. Know? Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to go, where I'm trying to go is like uh, Ouija or Charlie Charlie. Have you heard of that? Charlie Charlie. Is it like Bloody Mary? You mean like Charlie, I bit my finger? Ow, ow. I don't know. Not really. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, so there's... Throw there's, back to 2009. Okay, so everyone knows, everyone knows that Ouija... Ouija board. Yeah, Ouija yeah. board, which is a, like a, I guess, a way people try to communicate. It's, yeah, like necromancy, trying yeah. to yeah. communicate so with the dead. That's like, yeah, that's borderline getting into witchcraft and yeah, it's, divination it's, and yeah. all that stuff. and Sorcery. That's you can that's really... The, open the door to demonic presence, evil spirits. So you never want to go that route if you feel like you are trying to communicate with a lost loved one or something. Our way, like our way to communicate with them, it's just praying. There's actually there's actually a story. Sorry, my, my Bible nerd is coming back in. But uh, Saint, or no, excuse me, King Saul in the Old Testament is actually being pursued by the Philistines and um, he sneaks away and he goes finds the soothsayer mm. to uh, conjure up Samuel's soul to talk to Samuel. And so, because uh, King Saul at this point has just lost all faith. He's lost all credibility, uh, all favor with God. And so this guy is desperate. And he's, he's, like, he's basically on his deathbed because the Philistines are knocking at his door. Like he knows he's going to die soon. And so he goes to this, this soothsayer and is like, hey, uh, conjure up the soul of Samuel. And so the soothsayer doesn't recognize that it's King Saul because he's in disguise. But as soon as Samuel, so apparently in scripture, Samuel's soul, you know, talks to him and he's like, why have you bothered me? Like, For this, you will be immediately cursed. Like you will die like within the week. You know? <laughs> and so even, even uh, we see King Saul tried to do something like this, like divination and mm-hmm. necromancy and stuff like that. And it, even, even though it worked, like <laughs> it was very, very detrimental for King Saul, mm. uh, because he, he even gets to the point where he, he's, he despairs. Like that's the tragedy of King Saul is he does not have any faith at the end. He's cornered on Mount Gilboa at the end of first Samuel. And he knows that he's going to die. His sons have already uh, fallen in battle. Jonathan has fallen and he says to his sword bearer, run me through. Hmm. Otherwise, these Philistines will do it. And uh, um, the sword bearer is like, no, I can't do that. Because, well, then, so what King Saul does is he just stabs himself. himself. And then the sword bearer sees that King Saul did it. It was, like, it was kind of like a Romeo Juliet thing. Yeah. like, well, no, I'm going to die. So he kills himself. Uh. And so even then, like, even King Saul's influence is bringing this other guy down with him. But it, it, it's really just that tragedy. And so... The divination, Ouija boards, seances, those sorts of things, they, they really come from a 
a, a lack of faith or a, a mm. desperation and right. a, a lack of trust in Christ and his promises. And it's a trap. It's mm-hmm. a trap from the devil. It makes yeah. you think that you're going to get closer or you're going to communicate for one last time with your beloved ones or something. But honestly, what it is, it's just it's just a trap that it opens the door for um, for the devil. Like, for real, that's uh, most of, well, not most of the people, but one sure way to, you know, get a probably probability of getting possessed is by doing all these kind of witchcraft and things like um, Ouija and all of that. There was, I read in, in Facebook one joke, uh, or I, I guess it was not a joke, it was like a story, but it was a funny story that this mother said that he's, there was a game popular in Mexico probably like two years ago, there was Charlie Charlie. So you will put two pencils cross uh, on, on the table and you will, I guess you will, I don't. I remember if it was like a circle around or something, but you would just say, "Charlie, Charlie, come here." I don't know something like that. And if the pencil moved, it was like because it mean it meant that Charlie was there, something like that. Mm-hmm. And and it it was it became too popular, like you know that pencil will move by itself and things like that. And they will do it in schools and whatever, you know. So there was a, a story where a mother said that her daughter. Uh, went wanted to do the Charlie Charlie challenge, you know. So she gathers or uh, all her most Catholic friends in in school, and this was like an elementary girl, little girl. She was like, "Okay, I know this is like a demonic thing, so I'm gonna gather all the my Catholic friends. So they, whenever if we go south." At least I'm surrounded by my <laughs> Catholic friends that they know how to pray and they can save me. And and the comment of the mother was like, I'm not impressed about the whole Charlie Charlie, but I'm impressed how like she got to assemble the Catholic Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's funny. I, I remember when I was in elementary school, there was this uh, a game. It was called Bloody Mary. And basically there was this dare, like the kids would dare each other to go in the bathroom, turn the lights off and then say like Bloody Mary three times. Yes. Supposedly. I heard that. There was like, she was going to come out of the mirror and like kill you or something. Uh, it was crazy. And so I, they. I, this episode has definitely they, turned into a PG-13. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was stupid. Uh, but, it, but that, but to kind of take it back, like that's, that's kind of where the culture is. Like mm-hmm. to, to make light, as you were mentioning, Ben, of death and evil like it's not that scary but that's that's satan's tactic to to get you to think that this isn't serious or Mm -hmm. it's not that bad yeah but it is it's it's a very 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 serious thing yeah so you should immediately get away from all those things uh if there's a lot of superstitions in your house uh like i don't know no none of them are coming to my mind like uh um like a rabbit uh, rabbit rabbit's foot, foot. <laughs> rabbit okay. food, or things like that. Can we talk a little bit though about um, holy water or like blessed salt? Because I think some people sacramentals would, is what we call sacramentals. Yes. So I think some people would look at Catholics and say, "Well, you're being superstitious by throwing holy water or salt somewhere." You know how is how is that different than superstition? Yeah. Well, sacramentals are different because they are. You call them objects. I don't know. They're yeah. They're yeah. They're, items. They're I, yeah. They're items that are that are blessed, right? That we can um, that we use to spiritually guard ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, with the blessed salt, that that's one way. Uh, holy water, of course, like holy water always reminds us and recalls us to our baptism. Um, and so, um, candles, this uh, with wax, right? The, East, uh, the bees, Easter candle, and it has to be be made of a certain wax, like beeswax. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but um, I mean, just honing in on holy water, you know, if if you haven't had one, maybe you should have your house blessed by a priest because. Um, just the other day, our, our friends, they had just moved into their new house and, uh, our, uh, our good fr- priest friend was asked to give a, a house blessing. And so, uh, typically that happens with, uh, some sort of small liturgy. And then there is the holy water, which is sprinkled throughout the rooms of the house, just so that, uh, if there's any evil presence there, that it may flee and that, um, you know that it's a peaceful place to live with for the family. So, and, and even if you don't have a priest, you can do this your, mm-hmm. yourself. If you get holy water, you can. Uh, I think there's holy water fonts that you can mm-hmm. uh, fill up some bottles with and mm-hmm. uh, take it to your house. And because I've done that with with my family, we went through the house and I just blessed every every room of the house and or even maybe uh, particular uh, sections of the house. Just kind of sprinkled some holy water on it, and it's a, it was a great family prayer. Yeah. Uh, and just to make sure to, to for the people to understand, yeah, we believe in life. You know, we believe in Jesus. We believe in the Catholics and all of that. But it is true that demons exist. It is true that souls, like, you know, all these things exist. And all these games and traps, they lead you to that and they open that for that. Um, so, yeah, it does exist. Uh, I guess one of, how will you answer the question, like, those ghosts exist does do ghosts exist uh-huh. do ghosts exist oh, man i don't i don't know uh i know father mike has a good one on that mm-hmm. and he was kind of in the camp of ghosts could exist like there wasn't um i can't remember exactly but you know i i think um there well there is actually a story about padre pio yep. he, he was in mm-hmm. uh the friary and it was uh i can't remember what it was before then but he was in there and there was uh, a soul that came to him and was like, can you pray for, pray for me? me? I, I have not been able to to move on into heaven. And so he, Padre Pio prays for him and then he, the tradition tells us that he gets to go to heaven. So there, there are even uh, stories with the saints that they have been visited by other souls right. that are asking for prayers. So I guess as far as a ghost or a poltergeist goes, like kind of this... I have unfinished business here. Like, oh, yeah. That's, no, 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 no. That's, so when we talk about ghosts, like, sure, there could be souls that are appearing and asking for, mm-hmm. for things. But as far as a soul that's not able to move on because has unfinished business on earth, like, no, yeah. that's that's not something we believe. But it Catholics. is true that demons exist yeah. and that all of those scary things. Yeah. Exist. if I mean, I, w- I would pretty much for certain say that if if someone's telling you that they've feel like this presence is in their house and it's not of God or, uh, oh, that place is haunted. You know, it's not ghosts that reside there. It's definitely an evil spirit of some mm-hmm. sort. Yeah, exactly. So, there's good spirits yeah. and that evil spirits. And the, right. the, I think the difference between, you know, uh, something like a rabbit's foot and holy water is the fact that it's it has the authority of Christ. The, yep. the, that sacramental does. And, and even the relics mm-hmm. that, that we have of the saints, that they've been blessed because of, um, you know, holy oils or, or whatever. And prayer, you know, St. Michael is a great advocate for us. And Joseph. St. Joseph. The terror, terror of demons. demons. Yeah, so we have so many saints 
that specialize Blessed in a way. And Mother, Mother Mary, Mary, Mary. Man, <laughs> crush the head of the serpent. Right. Yeah. Demons That's, are terrified of yeah. Mother One, Mary. Uh, what, Ephesians 6.12, our, our battle is not against flesh and blood, mm-hmm. but against uh, principles and principalities, Bodies. spirits uh, and dominions, authorities. And it's, it is a demonic foe that, that is our enemy. This episode is getting spooky. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of spooky, I mean, on a lighter note, like, I think some traditions that we've had for, at least my family, especially like around Halloween, like, you know, a lot of people, they they watch those scary movies, right? But we love to watch It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and like carve pumpkins and stuff like that. It's a really good time with the kids, and it's always been kind of some somewhat of nostalgia for me because I used to watch that same movie around Halloween when I was growing up. But, you know, so again, like throughout this whole conversation, we, we're not trying to scare you off into not participating in Halloween, Halloween or anything like yeah. that. Um, it's just to do it responsibly and to do it in a, in a way, again, where... You just know, remember, how, remember the intention of yeah, which it's theirs, yeah. to it's celebrate just, the saints. Yeah. It's just like celebrating Christmas. We're not telling you to not put a Christmas tree or Christmas lights or whatever, that it's not biblical. That's a great analogy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not, but not because you do it means that you're not celebrating the actual Christmas. You know, yeah, you're celebrating the actual Christmas, but you are kind of, in, you know, having the spirit, the, I guess the good part of the spirit, you know, Santa Claus and all those things, even though, we, you know, we know the reality of those things, uh, which, yeah, sure. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong, too, with, uh, you know... Um, People like to have their adrenaline pumping sometimes, mm-hmm. so like getting to go into yeah, a haunted a, house or something yeah. like that. I, I, I like, personally, yeah. I don't like haunted houses. I've been <laughs> to one, and man, it was uh, actually I was in the lead somehow. I was in the lead for all my <laughs> friends, and I took a wrong turn, and I ended up, I ended up behind the walls where all of the <laughs> actors were. And they're like, what are you doing back here? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, what? Where am I supposed to go? <laughs> You want to get mad? To be the zombie? Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> want to help us? Yeah. <laughs> We're short staffed. Yeah. Yeah. I just came to help out. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I don't I don't think there's anything uh, terribly wrong with that. But um, again, that I'm not speaking as an authority of the church. It's just my yeah. own personal opinion. So take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Well, we've talked a lot today on a lot of stuff. We covered a lot in this yeah, episode. We have. Um, we. Have what? To, to, what? 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 We have to make some announcements. We do. We have to make an announcement. Uh, a rather sad announcement, but also a joyful one. Um, our Bible Brad here has to depart us because he is moving to. I am. I'm moving Kansas, Kansas City, City, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I am taking my family up there. I have taken a job as the director of youth ministry for the Diocese of Kansas City, St. Joseph. On the Missouri side. Terror of demons. Yep. <laughs> so I will be overseeing youth ministry for that entire diocese, so please pray for me. Yes. And it's also a big move for my family. We know absolutely nobody up there. Um, you know, this this is a... I don't know if I could... I couldn't do this without faith, because just looking at it logically, it makes absolutely no sense for us to do this. Mm-hmm. But having talked to my spiritual director, having talked to my wife and just praying and praying, praying about Lord, where do you want us to go? It's just been so clear. Go here. I'll take care of it. And that's what we're doing. But man, is it uh, nerve wracking? Sure. Yeah. I've never lived outside of state of Texas. Mm. My wife has never lived 30 minutes uh, outside of her parents' house. 
So we're moving eight hours away <laughs> to a whole new state. So it, it it's an adventure. It's going to be a good adventure for sure, but it does come with its opportunities for mm-hmm. deeper faith. <laughs> I'll say of that. Of course, yeah. yeah. Well, we just wanted to say, you know, it's been great having you do this podcast with us for the past, what, year? Has it been a little over a year now? Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, we've learned a lot from you, and I know we've had a lot of great conversations, and um, we just want you to know that you can be assured of our prayers. We'll be praying for you and your family. Thank you. Um, you know, as the church militant, we pray for each other, and um, we're going to continue to do that. Triple prayers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And um, we just really appreciate all you've done uh, with this, and then also with your work at St. Mark's, too, with all the youth and their families there. Yes, please um, pray for St. Mark and mm-hmm. their transition right now. Uh, Catherine is the interim youth minister until they can find a permanent one. So she's doing a fantastic job Mm -hmm. in that role right now and will continue until they can find somebody permanent. But uh, just pray for all the families there and and the youth that they will um, be comforted in this time. And uh, change is always hard. And just pray that they can find somebody that will bring to the youth ministry what the teens need. Mm. Well, um, as we conclude this episode, of course, we'll close it in prayer. Maybe we can ask for the intercession intercession of certain saints. Um, I, one that comes to mind is St. Christopher because he's the patron saint of travelers. Mm-hmm. So we can ask for his intercession um, with your traveling to you know, a different state and the safety of your family. Yeah. Um, St. Joseph. Joseph. So, yeah, St. Joseph has actually been the one that I've been asking for a lot. My prayer has been, St. Joseph, pray for me that mm-hmm. I can have the same faith you did to completely uproot your family, move to a, <laughs> a, a whole new place right. where you know absolutely no one and have to depend on God for mm-hmm. every single thing, including your livelihood. So that has been my prayer uh, to God through St. Joseph. Yes. <laughs> and then also we could ask for the intercession of St. Michael to protect your family yeah. um, from here on out. and. Um, Saint Francis Xavier, since you're gonna be, let's just ask for all the saints. Just all the saints. Saints Francis Xavier is the patron saint of missionaries. So now, mm-hmm. yeah. officially, you become a missionary by moving from one place to another one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Saint yeah. Teresa, bless you. <laughs> just all, all that stuff. <laughs> and of course, Saint Ignatius of Loyola, uh, <laughs> patron saint of discernment, so he can help you to keep discerning. Yes. And of course, I'm just saying. <laughs> 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 well, this isn't goodbye, but it's until we meet again, bud. Absolutely. Aww. So, yeah. We uh, we wish you all the best, and again, we we ask for all these prayers and these saints uh, to answer the prayers that we have. But let's uh, formally close with a prayer. Um, Jorge, do you want to lead this one? Sure. Okay. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this. Um, amazing opportunity to gather as brothers, as friends, to talk about you, about the joy that you give us, about how much you love us, about the richness of our faith, about the story of the saints, uh, these amazing people that teach us how to get closer to you, how to serve you better. Um, We ask you to keep inspiring us through the lives of the saints to one day... uh, be saints, uh, us to, um, to be holy, to make our ordinary life an extraordinary life just by loving you, by doing what we have to do. Um, we ask you to please bless Brad in this new stage of life. 
um, give them wisdom, give them uh, strength, uh, patience, and all these virtues. Uh, also, we're thankful for his life, for all these episodes that he, um, that he was with us, all these this idea, this podcast, this mission that started with the three of us. We're grateful, Lord, for the time that you gave us. Um, and yes, please bless him, bless his family, bless his new job, and especially the, the families and the youth and all the, um, the city that is going to take advantage of his, of his virtues and talents and knowledge and the Bible, Brad, that we know he is. Um, we ask you also for this podcast that you can keep enlightening us uh, to continue this mission, this uh, call to teach our students through this platform. We ask all these things in your not in your name, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 All right. Well, thank you guys very much. It's been a pleasure serving with you guys, and uh, man, I'm gonna miss miss seeing you guys, but it's gonna be good. I know that you guys are in my prayers too. Thank Thanks, you. Brad. Yeah. All right. Well, we're hiring. No, we're hiring. <laughs> Man. <laughs> we're hiring for a third. You know. No, it's, we, it's funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're signing out. Uh, again, follow us on Spotify. Did I do it again? No. Oh, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Yes. Subscribe. Subscribe. Right. Hit the button. Finally, you got it. And I got it right. Finally. Give us a like there. Over, <laughs> over a year. Today. If you listen to this podcast and if you're one of this, our students at ICC, make sure you make a summary. You write a summary. And if you do, we're going to give you extra points, extra credits. They're going to help you for your process. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you have a good week and God bless you. God bless. God bless.